Welcome to Collins French with Paul Noble. Content copyright Paul Noble 2010. I'm Paul Noble. Over the years, I have taught many, many people. Curiously, they have each had much the same story to tell regarding their previous experiences of language learning. As a result, these days, when I first start a teaching session, I ask my students to raise their hands if they have had any of the following experiences. Raise your hand, I say, if you studied a language for several years at school but came out unable to really say anything. Or, if you have ever bought a language course and given up around page 30, somewhere around chapter 2. Or if you have ever felt more confused by a teacher's explanation of the language than by the language itself. Perhaps you've been amazed by just how closely grammar books resemble furniture assembly instructions. Or you may have felt that you are in fact more or less incapable of learning a foreign language. Invariably, when I ask these questions, all the students soon have at least one hand in the air, and they laugh. They laugh because for some reason our language learning experiences tend to be very similar, and sadly, these similar experiences tend not to be very good ones. My own initial experiences of language learning were also uncannily similar to those I've just described. In fact, when I ask my students these questions, my own hand is the first to go up, and it stays up until we have gone through them all. However, these less than positive experiences have had an upside both for myself and for those individuals I have taught, because these experiences, along with a number of other factors, have helped inform and shape the method that will be used during this course. Using this method, you will learn how to communicate in French and how to formulate your own ideas and thoughts using French. As you learn with it, you will quickly discover that I do not use complicated grammatical explanations at all, and I will not ask you to memorise long lists of vocabulary. The way the course is structured will by itself ensure that you remember what you are taught. Instead, through your interaction with the CDs, I will lead you through the French language, enabling you to build up complex sentences by yourself, step by step, so that you are actually speaking independently in French by the end of the course. And this is regardless of how little or how much you know when you begin. You will also discover that the language I teach is designed to be adaptable, so you will be able to use it just as easily for holidaying in a French-speaking country as for living or working in one. It will be just as easy to use it to order a coffee as to hold a conversation with the waiter who brings it to you. And again, all of this regardless of how little or how much you know when you begin. This method has already proved extremely successful with a very great many students, including hundreds of so-called no-hopers. Interestingly, not one of these students failed to learn using this method. It is these many success cases, letters of thank you, and even the occasional hug, that have made teaching languages so very worthwhile for me, and it is this that has persuaded me to publish my courses here for the first time. I anticipate and hope that they will be as effective for you as they have been for so many of my other students. Au revoir and good luck. Before we begin, I do need to establish three parameters or three main ground rules for you to follow when you use the course. The first is that I want you to take time to think out your answers when you're doing the course. Natural length pauses have been included in the course anyway, but if you feel you need longer to think out or work out your answer, simply pause the course and think about it for a moment. The second ground rule, and perhaps the most important, is that I don't want you to make an effort to remember the things I'm teaching you. 
In fact, strange as it might sound, it doesn't particularly bother me if you forget something when I first introduce it. The reason for this is that when people try to memorise things, perhaps lists of vocabularies or grammar rules or something like that, they tend not to be able to actually use them when they're speaking the language. They cram them into their heads, but they're not necessarily able to use them very easily. And actually, they still tend to forget them at the crucial moment. The way that we remember things so that we actually retain them and can use them is through usage and through being introduced to something again and again. For instance, if you follow a sport or a programme on the television, you'll find you know all about the people who are participating in that, whether it's people who play sports or whether it's actors in a drama. You'll know all about them, but you will never have made a conscious effort to actually memorise their names or what it is they do on the programme. Instead, by seeing the same programme again and again, slowly over time you'll simply remember it. And that's what will happen in this course. I'll introduce certain concepts, certain words, and you'll hear them and you'll use them. And then we'll forget about them for a moment and I'll let you forget about them. Later on in the course, I'll bring them up a second time, by which point you might well not remember them. But it's this exact action of you being reminded of something and then allowed to forget it and then reminded again and then allowed to forget it and then reminded again that will eventually allow you to remember what I've taught you by itself. You won't need to try to remember any of it. You won't need to try to memorise any of it. All you need to do is take part in the course and trust that I will bring it up again later and will remind you so that by the end of the course you remember it automatically without ever actually having tried to remember anything. This is what I do with my students and this is what I'll do with you here. The final ground rule is that I don't want you to worry about making mistakes. When you learn a new language, you will inevitably make mistakes. And I think that because we get so used to speaking our own languages perfectly, we find it very hard, particularly as adults, to make mistakes when we're speaking out loud. You'll find, however, that the beauty of using this method is that you will instantly know when you've made a mistake and you'll also find out why. This will allow you to change what you're doing and to make rapid progress in the language. And so by making these mistakes and knowing how to correct them yourself, you'll find that you very quickly go from a non-speaker of the language to being someone who can communicate in it with a surprising degree of confidence, even after just a few hours of studying it. So again, to sum up these three ground rules, firstly, take your time to work out your answer and to think about it. If you need to pause the course, you can do that, it's fine. Go at your own pace. Second ground rule is, don't sit there trying to remember what it is I'm teaching on the course. Just go with the flow of the course. Take your time to do it, but don't sit there worrying you've forgotten a word. I'll actually be expecting you to forget some of the things as I teach you so that I get a chance to remind you of them later and they will come up again and you will be reminded of them until you remember them without making any effort on your part to do so. You will simply know those words and those rules by the end of the course. And the final rule, don't worry about making a mistake. We learn from mistakes and we benefit from them, particularly when we're learning to speak a second language. So, don't worry about any of these things. Leave your learning of the language to me. And now, let me introduce Marion. Bonjour. Who's come here all the way from Normandy to help perfect our French pronunciation. Although you may be only vaguely aware of it, English and French are in fact very closely related languages. I think we're all aware of what happened in 1066, or at least most of us are. There was an in invasion 
in Britain, into England, by the, the Normans. And the Normans spoke French. And they brought French to the British Isles. As a result of that, it has left a, a linguistic legacy in English, which is that five or six out of every ten words in English have come into English through French. This gives us a big, big advantage when learning French, if, if we utilise these words, that is. I mean, uh, frequently that's not the case, but we will be using them here because they are one of the biggest advantages we have as speakers of English. You'll find that these words tend to be the longer ones in English. Uh, the shorter words tend to be of Germanic Anglo-Saxon origin. So we have, we have this division in English. Normally, I'd say typically, um, words seven or eight letters in length or longer tend to be of French Latin origin. And shorter than that tend typically to be of Germanic Anglo-Saxon origin. And what it means is it's very easy to use these longer words for it when English speakers are speaking French. Not only this, um, but there are also more recent French additions to the English language, which still feel French. For instance, you may be familiar with terms such as c'est la vie, which means that's life. You may also have heard the expression, as we pronounce it, we pronounce it déjà vu, it's a, a slight mispronunciation in English, but we're familiar with it. Um, literally, it actually means already seen. So when we say we've got déjà vu, we mean, oh, you know, I feel like I've already seen that before. And there are quite a few expressions, and they're useful too. Um, and we'll be using them where they're relevant to learning and to speak the French language um, competently. Finally, there's another group of words which are very useful for English speakers. And these words are a group of words that are still expanding. They're English words that have gone into French since the end of the Second World War. And so um, these, these may well be familiar to you. For instance, you may be familiar with... Le weekend. Yeah. Le weekend, which I'm sure you can guess what that means. Another one is... Le parking. Can you guess what that means? That's car park, or parking lot if you're from North America. Another one is... Le living. Le living actually means the living room. You'll find that actually a lot of these words that have come into French, they often have bits chopped off. Or it will be the same as the English, but with ing added on the end. Um, for instance, another example would be, if you saw the word camping written in, in French. So it's, it would look like the English word camping written down. What would you think that meant? Would you think it meant camping? Okay. Actually, camping, which correctly pronounced in French is... Camping. <laughs> yes. So you see there's a slight pronunciation difference. Actually, is the, the campsite or the, the camping site. So these changes in the words are something you get used to. But it's easier to remember something like le camping, um, then it would be a totally foreign word. So these can be useful, and we'll be using these in the course where relevant. So, enough about the history of the French language. Let's get started. I have in French, I have is... J'ai. J'ai. Sounds a bit like the English letter J, pronounced in a French way. So again, j'ai. The word for visited in French, visited, is visité. So again, the word for I have is j'ai. And visited is visité. So how would you say I have visited? J'ai visité. The, the Louvre, the Louvre Art Gallery in French, is of course... Le Louvre. So how would you say, I have visited the Louvre? J'ai visité le Louvre. The park in French is... Le parc. So how would you say, I have visited the park? 
J'ai visité le parc. You have in French is Vous avez. Vous avez. Now again, don't worry at this point about trying to remember what it is we've done already. The first thing students will, will often do when I'm teaching them is they'll panic and think, oh my goodness, I'm going to forget what it is you're teaching me. We're already moving on to something new. But that is exactly what I want. I want you to forget it because I'm going to remind you of it in a few minutes. And if you haven't forgot it, it's hard to remind you. So again, you have is... Vous avez. How do you think you'd say you have visited the park? Vous avez visité le parc. Have you in French. So to turn you have into a question, you simply, you change round the word order, just like you do in English. In English, you have you have, which in French is... Vous avez. And to ask a question in English, we simply change the you have round and say have you, which in French become... Avez-vous. Avez-vous. So how would you say, have you visited the park? Avez-vous visité le parc? What about, have you visited the Louvre? Avez-vous visité le Louvre? The word for prepared in French is... Préparer. Préparer. How would you say, I have prepared? J'ai préparé. The coffee in French, the coffee is... Le café. Le café. How would you say, I have prepared the coffee? J'ai préparé le café. Again, don't worry too much about trying to remember all this. I'll be introducing a lot of concepts earlier on in order to give you a chance to forget them so that I can remind you of them later. And as we go through this process of you having the words introduced to you, forgetting them, and then being reminded of them again, you'll find that they just start to stick without any effort at trying to remember them or trying to memorise them. They will just stick eventually. Okay, good. To say for you in French, for you in French is... Pour vous. Pour vous. So how would you say... I have prepared the coffee for you. J'ai préparé le café pour vous. The roast beef in French, the roast beef is... Le rose beef. Le rose beef. So it sort of sounds like, it sounds a bit like the English, but pronounced in a very French way. So, how would you say, I have prepared the roast beef? J'ai préparé le rose beef. To say for dinner in French, you will say literally for the dinner. The French will always say for the dinner rather than for dinner, which in French is pour le dîner. Pour le dîner. So how would you say I have prepared roast beef for dinner or as the French would say I have prepared the roast beef for the dinner. J'ai préparé le roast beef pour le dîner. J'ai préparé le roast beef pour le dîner. Now it's important to make sure when you're pronouncing dinner in French to pronounce it as le dîner. Le dîner. Sort of has an A sound on the end. Because it's such a similar word to the English, um, students, people will frequently pronounce it, English speakers will pronounce it as dîner or something like that. But it is correctly said as le dîner. Yeah. So it's got that A sound at the end. So again, how would you say, I have prepared the roast beef for the dinner? J'ai préparé le rose beef pour le dîner.
How would you say you have prepared the coffee? Vous avez préparé le café? For me in French is pour moi. Pour moi. How would you say you have prepared the coffee for me? Vous avez préparé le café pour moi. You have in French is vous avez. And this is a perfectly acceptable way to say you have in French. However, as you may have noticed, it was also pronounced as vous avez. Now, the second pronunciation is the one more typically used by native French speakers, although both are equally acceptable. The, the basic reason why there's the, the, the two options for pronunciation is that in French, typically, the consonant at the end of a word won't be pronounced. And so the word for you in French is vous, which is spelt V-O-U-S, and the S is, is not normally pronounced. However, for you have, which in French is vous avez, the have begins with a vowel, with a. And so when a word follows it that begins with a vowel, you can, if you want, more or less push the S from the end of the, the word onto the vowel of the next one. And so you can make vous avez sound instead like vous avez. This is entirely optional and up to you. So what I would say is, do what you're more comfortable with, but be aware at least that the French may well pronounce it as vous avez. Although, if you want, you can also pronounce it as vous avez if you find it simpler to do so. So, uh, for me in French is pour moi. Pour moi. So, how would you say you have prepared the coffee for me? Now, make sure when you're saying this, to include all the components. So you'll need, you have prepared the coffee for me. Vous avez préparé le café pour moi. Now, to turn that into a question, all you need to do is to, to change the order of the words you have. So again, what, how would you say you have in French? Vous avez? Now let's turn that round and make it into a question. Make it into have you. How would you say have you? Avez-vous? So how would you say, have you prepared the coffee for me? Avez-vous préparé le café pour moi? How would you say, I have prepared roast beef for dinner. Have you prepared the coffee? So let's start with that first bit with, the, with I have prepared the roast beef for the dinner. J'ai préparé le roast beef pour le dîner. Again, make sure when you're saying the dinner in French that you pronounce it as le dîner. That sort of A sound at the end of it. Good. And the next part, have you prepared the coffee? Avez-vous préparé le café? He has in French is... Il a. Il a. How would you say he has prepared the coffee for me? Il a préparé le café pour moi. She has in French is... Elle a. Elle a. You may be familiar, there's a, a woman's magazine called Elle, which means she. So if you're familiar with that, that might help you remember it. How would she, you say, she has prepared the coffee for me? Elle a préparé le café pour moi. 
The word for your in French, your, is votre. So, for example, to say your mother, you would say votre mère, votre mère. So how would you say your mother has prepared the coffee? Votre mère a préparé le café. So as you can see, in English we would say she has, which is elle a. And so to say your mother has, you'll say votre mère a. So again, how would you say your mother has prepared the coffee? Votre mère a préparé le café. How would you say your mother has visited the park? Votre mère a visité le parc. Now make sure to pronounce the word for has very clearly as a. So it's actually spelt with just an a, but the a in French is pronounced much more as a sort of an a sound. So not a like in English or a, but more of an a. One more time. Your mother has visited the park. Votre mère a visité le parc. Good. Now, if your mother is votre mère, it should be relatively easy to realize that your father is votre père. One spelt with an M, as in mama, and one spelt with a P, as in papa, or something like that. So they're very similar. One is an M, one is a P. It's common through many languages. So again, your father is votre père. Okay, assuming there's been some sort of disagreement, how would you say your mother has visited the park? Your father has visited the Louvre. So your mother has visited the park. Your father has visited the Louvre. Votre mère a visité le parc. Votre père a visité le Louvre. The word for preparation in French is préparation. Préparation. As you can perhaps tell, it is similar to the English preparation. In fact, it's spelt almost exactly the same. The only difference is in the pronunciation. You'll also perhaps notice the the way that preparation is spelt in English. Now the last three letters on the English word preparation are I O N. So the last three letters on preparation are I O N. Now words in English which end in I O N have actually come into English via French. There are around 1250 of them in English. And if you know that word in English, then it more or less means that you know it in French. The only issue is working out how to pronounce it correctly. And this isn't that difficult. If we take a word like preparation in English and simply change the way we pronounce the ation at the end, we will find the French. Okay. Ation in English, in French, will instead be pronounced Asion. Asion. Make that change and you find the French word. So, for instance, how do you think you'd pronounce reservation in French? Reservation. Let's try another one. What about decoration? Décoration. So very clearly at the end, that Asian becomes Asian. As long as you make that change, you have accessed 1250 words in French and it only takes a few seconds to learn. Let's try another one, but slightly more tricky this time. We're going to try invitation, except we need to know in this case that in at the front of a French word is actually pronounced un, un. My co-teacher, Marion, likes to refer to this as the sulky teenager sound. It's sort of the, uh, I hate you. I like that description. It's a very easy way to remember how to pronounce it. 
So again, in is pronounced un. So how would you say invitation in French? Invitation. So it's a matter of actually getting several different pronunciation elements correct together. But all it takes is a bit of practice. As soon as you can pronounce them correctly, you know the word in French. Now, these words that end in ION are very useful in that they give you 1250 very easy words that you can use in French immediately. However, they are even better than that. If you take a word, for instance, like preparation, you can make it into the past tense in French. You can make preparation into prepared. And it's very easy to do so. What we're going to do is we're going to take the English word preparation and we're going to cut off that Asian at the end. We're going to get rid of Asian. We don't want it anymore. So we're going to cut the Asian off preparation. And in its place, we're going to add what I like to call the cafe E. Now, you'll be familiar with the, the letter, the cafe E, obviously from the word cafe, from which I, I take its name. Because at the end of the word cafe, you'll see there's an E with a little accent on the top. That E in English as well, gives the, with the accent on, gives the sound A. Because we don't pronounce cafe as caf, which we would if there was no cafe E on the end. We pronounce it as cafe, so it's got that A sound on the end. What we're going to do here, therefore, is we're going to cut off the Asian from preparation. And in its place, we're going to add the cafe E. So, get rid of the Asian off the end of preparation, and in its place put the cafe E. What word will you, will you then have? Préparer. Which is the word we've al already been using, which means prepared. So, how would you say, I have prepared? J'ai préparé. Make sure again, when you're pronouncing I have, to pronounce it J'ai. J'ai. So again, it's like, it's like the English letter J, really, but pronounced in a very French way. All right, now going back to the ION words, in English we have visitation. Let's cut off the Asian from visitation and again add the cafe E in its place. What word do we then get? Visiter which means visited. So, how would you say, I have visited? J'ai visité. How would you say, decoration in French? The full word, decoration. Décoration. So, that's the full word, decoration, which will stay the same in French. However, if you want to turn it into decorated, You'll cut off the Asian and add the cafe E. So how would you say decorated? Décoré. And how would you say I have decorated? J'ai décoré. To say the house in French, the house, is... La maison. La maison. So how would you say I have decorated the house? J'ai décoré la maison. All right. Now, if I have decorated the house is... J'ai décoré la maison. How do you think I you would say, I decorated the house? J'ai décoré la maison. Now, you may have guessed correctly that actually in French, I have decorated the house and I decorated the house are in fact said in exactly the same way. In English, we use two different tenses there. We have, I have decorated the house. We also have, I decorated the house. There's a slight difference in meaning in English. It's very small, but it does exist. But in French, it's in fact easier because both for I have decorated the house or I decorated the house, for both of them, you will simply say J'ai décoré la maison. 
Okay, if I have decorated the house and I decorated the house is... J'ai décoré la maison. How do you think you would say, I did decorate the house? J'ai décoré la maison. As you can see, for all three tenses that we have in English, just one is used in French. And this is one way in which French is much easier to learn than English. Um, you may, if you know French people, if you've spent time in a French-speaking country, you may find that they sometimes use English in a way we wouldn't. They may say something like, um, uh, I have decorated the house last night, which we wouldn't say. We'd say, I decorated the house last night. It's difficult for them to understand that in English we will use very variable tenses for this same type of expression. Because in French, they will, for all of them, they'll just be saying, I have decorated the house. So, it's a problem for French speakers, but fortunately for us, for English speakers, it's an advantage. Because you don't need to worry about swapping tenses. Everything is, I have decorated the house, I have this, I have that. Um, as we'll now see. All right. How would you say you have decorated the house? Vous avez décoré la maison. Let's turn that round into a question now. And we're going to change you have round into have you. And we're going to say, have you decorated the house? Avez-vous décoré la maison? How do you think you'd pronounce the French word Reservation. Reservation. And how do you think you'd change it and make it into reserved? We'll cut off the Asian and add the cafe E, so what will reserved be? Reservé. How would you say he has reserved? Il a reservé. Um, a table in French, a table is... Une table. Une table. So how would you say, he has reserved a table? Il a réservé une table. Again, table is spelt the same way in English as it is in French. And you'll find that words in English that end in A-B-L-E as well as perhaps you can call them their cousins, words that end in I-B-L-E in English, are the same in French. So you'll find these words that end in A-B-L-E or I-B-L-E, and so A-B-L-E such as table, for instance, it will be the same word normally in French, pronounced differently. But if you can learn French pronunciation, it gives you access to thousands of words simply using the English you already know. Okay. So, if he has reserved a table is... Il a réservé une table. How would you say he reserved a table? Il a réservé une table. As you can see, again, it's the same. Because where we use two tenses, they use one. Let's try the same thing again. How would you say he did reserve a table? Il a réservé une table. As you may remember, your father in French is... Votre père. How would you say your father has reserved a table? Votre père a réservé une table. For you in French is... Pour vous. Pour vous. How would you say, I have reserved a table for you? J'ai réservé une table pour vous. To say for dinner in French, as we mentioned earlier, you will say for the dinner. Can you remember what that is? Pour le dîner. Again, make sure to pronounce the dinner as le dîner. So, with that in mind, how would you say, I have reserved a table for dinner, or as the French would say, I have reserved a table for the dinner? J'ai réservé une table pour le dîner.
Let's look again at the word invitation, which was a little bit trickier to pronounce because the the in at the beginning has that sort of sulky teenager sound that's pronounced. Uh. So how would you say again invitation? Invitation. Okay, and let's change the invitation into invited. We'll cut off the Asian and add a cafe E. So invited will be... Invité. So how would you say I have invited? J'ai invité. How would you say I have invited Paul? J'ai invité Paul. To say to the park in French, to the park, you'll say... Au parc. Au parc. So how would you say I have invited Paul... To the park. J'ai invité Paul au parc. To say to the cinema, you would say au cinéma, au cinéma. So how would you say, have you invited Paul to the cinema? Avez-vous invité Paul au cinéma? As you can see, those ION words are very useful. On the one hand, they give you 1250 words simply by changing the pronunciation of them. On the other, you cut off the ATION and add the cafe E, and you've got the past tense. And the various things we've been able to see say, like, uh, I have reserved, we have decorated, whatever, um, it's been relatively easy. But the ION words are even better than that. Not only can we find things we can use in the past tense, we can also find things we can use in the present tense. If you take one of these words that ends in Asian, for example, such as preparation, cut off the Asian and add ER on the end. Instead of a cafe E, add ER. You will have to prepare. Now, the question, of course, is how do we, how do we pronounce that? How do we pronounce uh, pre preparation with the Asian cutoff with an ER on the end? Well, it's actually easy because with an ER on the end, it's pronounced in exactly the same way as it is when it has a cafe E on the end. Because ER at the end of the word, a word is pronounced just the same way as a cafe E is at the end of, the, of a word. So let's, let's try again. Um, how did you say earlier prepared? Préparer. And let's try now to prepare. Préparer. So as you can see, it's the same. Now, they're spelt differently, but if you're learning to speak French particularly, it doesn't matter. It just makes it easier because you only ever need to worry about saying Préparer. So, I would like in French, I would like is Je voudrais. Je voudrais. So how would you say, I would like to prepare? Je voudrais préparer. I would like to prepare the dinner. Je voudrais préparer le dîner. Again, make sure to pronounce the dinner as le dîner. And actually, dinner in French also ends in er just as these other words do. So it has a similar pronunciation at the end as that cafe E sound. So the cafe E at the end of the word or the ER at the end of a word both have that A sound in French. And as you get used to it, you'll find that in French that sound comes up again and again. The word for hunger in French, hunger, is faim. Faim. How would you say in French, I have hunger? J'ai faim. Now you may be wondering why am I teaching you to say I have hunger. The reason for this is that the French do not say I am hungry. They instead say I have hunger. It's actually common through most continental European languages that they will say I have hunger rather than I'm hungry. So again, how would you say 
I am hungry in French. I am hungry. Literally, I have hunger. J'ai faim. To say because in French, because, you will say Parce que. Parce que. So how would you say I would like to prepare the dinner because I'm hungry? Let's start with I would like to prepare the dinner. Je voudrais préparer le dîner because I'm hungry. Parce que j'ai faim. Je voudrais préparer le dîner parce que j'ai faim. How would you say I would like to prepare the coffee? Je voudrais préparer le café. The word for thirst in French, thirst, is soif. Soif. So how do you think you'd say I am thirsty in French? Literally, I have thirst. J'ai soif. And do you remember what the word for because was? Because? Parce que. So how would you say because I'm thirsty? Parce que j'ai soif. So how would you say I would like to prepare the coffee because I'm thirsty? Je voudrais préparer le café parce que j'ai soif. Now, the word for thirst in French, again, is soif. And it's spelt S-O-I-F. The word for hunger was faim. Spelt F-A-I-M. Now, you may notice that the F on the end of soif was very clearly pronounced. But the M on the end of fin was not pronounced, at least not clearly. Perhaps very nasally it exists, but it's not pronounced clearly. Now, as I mentioned very briefly earlier, the consonants on the ends of words, so a consonant at the end of a word in French, will typically not be pronounced. So, for instance, um, the word for you is vous. Spelled V-O-U-S, but it's not pronounced vous, it's pronounced vous. There is a rule, a general rule, that will explain when it is you should pronounce the consonants at the end of a French word and when you shouldn't. And I like to call it the for luck rule. Now, the for luck rule simply tells us, or perhaps you can think of the, the French as being especially superstitious. And so as a result, the only consonants they pronounce at the end of words are those that are in for luck. And let's see which consonants are in the words for luck. Well, we have F, R, L, C, K. Those are the consonants that are in the words for luck. And those are the consonants that you will pronounce when they are on the ends of French words. So... Let's look at uh, the word for you, which is spelt V-O-U-S. How would you pronounce that? Vous. Because the S is not in for luck. Um, now, let's try the word for thirst. Thirst is spelt S-O-I-F. How would you pronounce that? Soif. Now, the F has been clearly pronounced at the end because it's in for luck. So... The consonants that are in for luck are F-R-L-C-K. If a consonant is in for luck, pronounce it. If it isn't, the general rule is, is you don't need to pronounce it. For instance, the word for you, which is vous, or the word for hunger, which is fin. Let The last consonant is not clearly pronounced on either of those words because the consonant is not in for luck. That's a general rule, and that's something we'll get used to as we go through the course. So again, don't worry too much about remembering it. And um, I will simply bring it up again so it can be absorbed into something you really know by the end of the course.
how would you say I would like to prepare the coffee for you? Je voudrais préparer le café pour vous. How would you say I would like to prepare roast beef for dinner? Or as the French would say, I would like to prepare the roast beef for the dinner. Je voudrais préparer le roast beef pour le dîner. How about, I would like to reserve a table. Je voudrais réserver une table. I would like to reserve a table for dinner. Je voudrais réserver une table pour le dîner. Now again, make sure when you say for dinner in French that you say for the dinner. Because the French will always say for the dinner. They will never just say for dinner, which would be pour dîner. But rather they will say for the dinner, which is pour le dîner. Now, we've obviously encountered some words in English that are that we can use in French very easily, such as the words that end in ION, um, words like table that end in ABLE, and their cousins, the words that end in IBLE. But there are actually many, many thousands of words, and they are easy to identify by the word endings. For instance, let's have a look at a very simple word in English. Let's take the word room in English. Now, is room a long or a short word? And does it sound Germanic or French? Perhaps you don't know at this stage. As I mentioned at the beginning, the short words in English tend to be of Germanic Anglo-Saxon origin. So a word like room is more likely than not to have come from the Germanic part of the language. So if we want to find what the word for room is in French, we can look in other areas of English and see if there's an alternative, perhaps a longer word. Perhaps it's not used as much. But we can use tricks like this to find vocabulary. And as I've often said to people before, it's much easier to invent vocabulary than to memorise it. If you can invent it, you can invent thousands of words. If you memorise, it takes weeks to learn a hundred. Um, now let's think about those words we do have for room in English. For instance, we can say bedroom in English, but there's also a more old-fashioned way to refer to the bedroom. Perhaps you can think of an example. If you're not able to get it by yourself, I'll give you some help. For instance, perhaps um, even now one talks about something like the Queen's bedchamber rather than the Queen's bedroom. And so we also have the word chamber, that means for room, rather than simply using room. We use it less often, but it does exist in English. Again, as I've, as I've said, typically short words are Germanic, longer words are French. So we have chamber in English. Now this leads us to another useful rule. Words that end in amber in English generally exist in French, except the amber becomes ambre. And actually, the word for amber in French is ambre. With that in mind, how do you think you would say chamber in French? Chambre. You'll notice also that the ch is pronounced ch in French, as you may have already said. So again, chamber in French is chambre, which means room. With that in mind, how would you say I would like to reserve a room? Je voudrais réserver une chambre. Or if you'd like, you can simply say I would like a room, which would be Je voudrais une chambre. Good. A person in French is une personne. The word for two in French is deux. 
So how do you think you would say two people in French? Literally, two persons. Deux personnes. Again, you'll notice that even though there's two of them, we don't make the sound of an S at the end. One person is une personne. And two people in French are deux personnes. Now, in the French, there is an S at the end. But remember, in French, we don't pronounce the consonant at the end of a word unless it's in for luck. An S is not in for luck. So, keeping in mind that two people in French, two persons, are pronounced as deux personnes, how would you say, I would like a room for two people? Je voudrais une chambre pour deux personnes. A night in French, a night as in one night, is une nuit. So to say two nights would be deux nuits. How would you say, I would like a room for two people for two nights? Je voudrais une chambre pour deux personnes pour deux nuits. Again, make sure that when you say it, you say I would like a room for two people for two nights. Let's do that one more time. Je voudrais une chambre pour deux personnes pour deux nuits. Now, as we've seen, there clearly are already many groups of words typically decided by word endings that you can easily identify as being of French origin. So, words that end in I-O-N, words that end in A-B-L-E, I-B-L-E. We've just had chamber, which in French becomes chambre. And there's a, there are lots more groups. One of the ones I'm going to introduce now is particularly useful especially if you want to make a comment about something. This group of words come from words in English that end in ick and ickle. That's words that end in I-C and I-C-A-L, such as typical, for example. Now, these words in French are ever so slightly different because instead, instead of ending in ickle or ick, they all end in in French. Ick. So how do you think you would say typical? Get rid of the ickle and replace it with ik. Typique. What about exotic? Exotique. Political. Politique. The word for it is in French, it is, is c'est. C'est. It's quite easy to pronounce. Um, you find a lot of English speakers will often pronounce it as something more like se, but it's not exactly se, but more se. Se. So, with that in mind, how would you say it's typical? C'est typique. It's exotic. C'est exotique. It's political. C'est politique. Now, keeping in mind that the A in French is pronounced a little bit like the A in the English word father, so a sort of an A sound, not quite as long as the A in father, but more of an A than an A. With that in mind, how would you say romantic? Romantique. What about it is romantic? C'est romantique. It's fantastic. C'est fantastique. What about democratic? Démocratique. And it's democratic? C'est démocratique. Problematic? Problématique. It's problematic. C'est problématique. Again, 
These words I've found are particularly useful for making comments about things. You can say, oh, it's, it's, it's problematic or it's fantastic. Very good for making comments and being able to start engaging in French conversation. Let's go back to it's romantic again. C'est romantique. And what was because? Parce que. So how would you say, I would like to reserve a table for dinner because it's romantic. Let's start with, I would like to reserve a table for dinner. Je voudrais réserver une table pour le dîner. Now you should have remembered when you say for dinner, in French you will always say for the dinner, which is pour le dîner. Now let's carry on. Because it's romantic. Parce que c'est romantique. And from the beginning, I would like to reserve a table for dinner because it's romantic. Je voudrais réserver une table pour le dîner parce que c'est romantique. So, we've been using I would like, which is very useful. But of course, you're going to want to sometimes ask someone else what it is they would like, what it is they would want. So, let's move on and start asking someone else what, what they want. You may already be familiar with the way to say do you want in French, which is Voulez-vous? Voulez-vous? There's a few songs that have it in. If you've heard ABBA, you may, you may be familiar with it. There's also some other people who use that term. Um, how would you say do you want to reserve a table? Voulez-vous réserver une table? To visit in French is visiter, visiter. Again, simply though there are those ION words like visitation in English, where you cut off the Asian, you add ER and you have to visit. So how would you say, I would like to visit the park? Je voudrais visiter le parc. How would you say, do you want to visit the park? Voulez-vous visiter le parc? How about I would like to visit the Louvre? Je voudrais visiter le Louvre. Do you want to visit the Louvre? Voulez-vous visiter le Louvre? To know in French is savoir. Savoir. How would you say I would like to know? Je voudrais savoir. The word for if in French is si. Si. How would you say I would like to know if it's romantic? So from the beginning, I would like to know. Je voudrais savoir. If it's romantic. Si c'est romantique. Again, so the word for if is Si. And the word for it is, is si. So you can see they sound a bit similar, but you'll get used to them as we go on. So again, if is si. But it is, is si. The if sounds a bit more like the sea that you would swim in, a little bit like that, but shorter. And the it is sounds a bit more like the English word say, but it's not pronounced as clearly as that. But that's the difference. One veers more towards see and the other towards say. But again, there are no exact equivalents because it's a different language. So again, one more time. If is si. And it is is si. Let's move on to another word now. The word for but in French is mais. Mais. So how would you say... I would like a room for two people for two nights, but I'd like to know if it's romantic. We'll start at the beginning so that you can remember it all. Um, let's start with I would like a room. Je voudrais une chambre. For two people, for two persons. 
pour deux personnes. For two nights. Pour deux nuits. But. Mais. I would like to know if it's romantic. Je voudrais savoir si c'est romantique. Now put the whole thing together. I would like a room for two people for two nights, but I'd like to know if it's romantic. Je voudrais une chambre pour deux personnes pour deux nuits, mais je voudrais savoir si c'est romantique. This is the end of CD1.